been able to gather with us and, and all those that have gathered with us online. We just want to greet the believers down in Washington and God bless you richly. We miss you all extremely much. We, we pray that soon we'll be able to gather together as before. Amen. Could we sing the splendor of a king? <clears throat> The splendor of a king Clothed in majesty All the earth rejoice All the earth rejoice He wraps himself in light And darkness tries Trembles at his voice, how great. 
Blessed be your name, Lord. Blessed be your name, Lord. For you are very great, O God. You are mighty, Father. And we love you, Lord God. We worship you, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God. For you are good, O God. You are very good, Lord. There is none like you, Father. Oh, we bless your name this morning, Lord. We bless your name. Maybe we could rise together and we'll sing, I stand in awe within the presence of the Lord. I stand in awe within the presence of the Lord. In whom the wisdom of the ages lies. For whom the raging of the sea subsides. The living sacrifice. request here for the Siller family up in Dawson Creek uh, Brother Warren and Sister Wendy's grandson had an ATV accident and uh, pretty serious broke his leg, lower part of his leg and uh, he's in the hospital so we just want to remember that need before the Lord we also um, just uh, also have a testimony from Brother Milko um, he just wants to give praise 
to God for being with him through the operation on his stomach to remove the cancer. He says he's uh, now in his last two weeks of chemotherapy, have some side effects, but nothing serious. I want to thank the Lord Jesus for all his goodness to me, for sending his fivefold ministry for my perfection in this church. Super wonderful believers. Thank you to all of you that are praying for me here and around the world. So he says, I want to thank my wife, Joanna, and the believers here just for standing with him and believing with him. We're thankful for that, Brother Milko, just to see what God is doing in your life. And praise the Lord. Our God is an awesome God. And he does many wonders to perform. And there are many times we don't understand, but... God is in control. Amen. Brother Tom, I'd like to invite you to come and take us to the throne of grace this morning. We're so happy to have you here. A real soldier. God bless you. Amen. I'm always happy to be here in the house of God this morning. It's nice to see each and every one of you. Those that are at the camp this morning, we greet you in the precious name of Jesus Christ. I'd like to make a couple of announcements before we go to prayer, and it's to deal with the situation that we are dealing with on a COVID situation. We want to be um, vigilant. We have to keep being vigilant, and we have parameters that we must live by at this particular time. I love what our pastor says, if if we will do our part, God will do his part. And I think that is, could be a coined phrase that we could use from now till we get to heaven. If we do our part, God will do his part. And uh, Brother Ron Spencer, of course, is a very close friend of mine. And uh, I wanted to see how he was doing last night. And their church is closed down because of COVID. And so then if we're in the balcony, we must obey the rules of the balcony. We have washroom facilities, and we exit where we came in. In the lower balcony here in the sanctuary, we we do our proper protocol that's supposed to happen. And then everything will be fine, because we'll do our part, and God will do his part. I want to greet you. I want to thank you, each and every one of you, for every comment, text, email, card, phone, I didn't realize, Brother Tim, when you announced that I was in the back pastor study and Brother Visco was in the front in his office yet last week, that that was going to open up the floodgates. Well, it indeed did, and, and I was so happy to hear from each and every one of you. And we thank God for everyone, for your comments. I want to thank the officers of the church, the elders, the tech-gifted brethren, whether they be here in Cloverdale or whether they be at the camp. I want to thank them for their diligence and, and the work that they are doing. Uh, we have to make decisions, and they change actually weekly, if not daily. And some of these decisions are very hard for us to make. But our hearts are for you. Every decision we make is for you. It would kill me if we did something on our part that was wrong. And somebody in our church was affected. It would kill, I'm sure, Brother Biscoll. So we want to, again, do our part. And I want to thank Brother John for his 
just this faithful and his diligent labor that he's doing on the south side of the border. We've not been this way before. And we don't know what it is, but this is not, and Satan needs to know this, this does not tear the body apart. This unites the body together. And Joshua said, fear not and have great courage, for we have not been this way before. The church will be stronger, will be more vigilant, and we'll have more love for one another as we go through these trials. And it's not just myself, sister. Um, Rena Witt was here on Wednesday night, and we greeted her in the foyer with, you know, what she's gone through. And she's a warrior. And we'll go through whatever we have to go through. But we're going in a rapture. We have been given a special invitation from God himself. And he's handed us a glorious letter, love book, out of Revelation. And don't ever forget that. A messenger's come to get us ready. Do not fear what Satan can put on you. And so with that little exhortation, I want to let you know we love you dearly. And we will move forward even in my own situation. And thank you again. Let's bow our heads in a word of prayer. Yes, sir. Yes, brother. Okay. Yes, I will. Yep. From Gatineau, Quebec, Sister Maury. Um, they are very dear friends of, of the church and of this assembly. They have given much to see this gospel go forth. I was at Brother Biscoe's home when she called and she needed prayer and, and she was going in for an operation. And God heard the prayer of your pastor. And she's doing wonderful this morning. And we want to give God the glory. So don't ever look at the defeats. Look at the victories that God has given this church. We're going to have a baptism this morning. Austin Van Enter is going to be baptized. And I say that glory be to God. This is in in the midst of a trial of trials. But the word will find his elect. And so, Sister Maury, God bless you. I know you'll be tying into the into this service. We love you and your husband and for what you've done for this message. So let's bow our heads. Father, we look around the room, and then we look into the unseen, and we see Almighty God moving, speaking, dealing, And we can cry out from the depths of our soul, how great thou art. How very great thou art. Lord, the dealings of hearts, the souls that are eternal, that have come from God. I pray, Lord, that the Holy Ghost will baptize Austin and use him, Lord, as the days that linger and will go before us. I pray that he'll be a testimony for the glory of God. You'll raise up a witness, Lord, for when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Lord Jesus Christ will raise up a standard. And what a standard it is when you look at the redeemed, whether it be at the camp, whether it be in the individual homes of this assembly, whether it be here in the church. 
we can say truly you are a faithful a faithful God and so Lord I'm asking that you will anoint brother Murphy a man of God that we have loved and do love I pray that you'll use him in a mighty way I pray Lord even thoughts he has not thought of would come from the very throne of God speak to us Lord wherever Lord our need is that you will speak deeply to every heart and in every life. Give him liberty and freedom in the Holy Spirit. Father, I pray, God, you will bless the people on this resurrection morning as we will continue to worship, as Brother Nathan will lead us in worship. Lord, we ask that your glory and your grace will settle upon each and every one. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may have your seats. God bless you. Thank you, Brother Tom. Thank you, Brother Brother Tom. We appreciate that and appreciate the testimony as well of our Brother Tom. Such fortitude and strength. We really admire that, brother. God bless you. Sister Margaret, is the Lamar family here? In the balcony. We just want to welcome Brother George Lamar and his wife and daughter from Quebec. They're visiting here and Brother George is celebrating his 70th birthday. So we want to say happy birthday. God bless you. Can we sing the God of the Mountain? Life is easy when you're up on the mountain, but he's still God in the valley. Amen. He doesn't change. He's the same yesterday, today, forever. He doesn't see the in-between. He sees us to start, to finish, whatever you want to call it. He sees us perfect. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Life is easy when you're up on the mountain. You've got peace of mind like you've never known. Oh. 
or forsake us. Isn't that a lovely, lovely promise? Not only a promise somewhere in the Word way back when He spoke it, but it's true today. And He's with us even now this morning. Praise God. Hallelujah. We're going to invite our brother Murphy to come and minister unto us. Maybe we could sing, I'm trusting to the unseen hand. I'm trusting to the unseen hand that guides me through this Oh uh-huh. 
Let's have a prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, that's what we're doing, Lord. We're looking to him, him. Lord, although our eyes cannot see it, but Lord, our face has reached into that room. Lord, you have provided a way for us. You have made that access available for us so that we do can reach to that unseen realm. Lord, we have a job to benefit from that. We saw that the healing power of God. We saw that the power of God to deliver people. We saw the transforming power of God can transform a person's life. Lord, from a prostitute to a saint. Lord, from a drunkard to a saint. How we thank you, Lord. Lord, uh, no people can see that is unseen. But Lord, that unseen has become a tangible. Lord, about a message of this hour, you have to bring the heaven down. So that we have, we have a taste of it. We're not only just taste, but Lord, we're living in that realm. That realm is well, not what we're looking for, but Lord, we're literally in that realm to believe, to rule, to reign. Lord, to cast out the demon, to believe every word of a God is the truth. And to expect that God is continually moving among us. And to protect us from all the diseases, protect us from all the viruses. While there's a whole darkness on the outside, on the outworld, but Lord, there's still lights in the land of Goshen. Lord, this is the time for the third at Exodus, Lord. This is time for us to go home. That's why, Lord, we gather together. Lord, we check ourselves. If there's anything that is not right, we want to lay that aside. If there's any besetting sin that is in us, we want to lay that aside. Lord, if we haven't come to that room yet, this is the time that, that make it available for us. So, Father, I pray that you help us today, Lord. Lord, as we remember the different need amongst the local body and also for Brother Ron's church and the different area, Lord, how you love us, Lord. Lord, because the love of God, you let us live in this golden age. It seems so paradox. Lord, on the outside world, it's such a sinful, such an evil, and such a doomed day. But Lord, for the bride, this is the time that we're can, we can have the body change in a moment of eye. Oh God, how we love you, Lord. Oh, may our eyes not be sad. May our eyes not be filmed by the tear and saw the diseases, saw the tragedy that among us or that around us. But Lord, let our eyes look into that unseen, Lord. This is the time in our redemption drawing nigh. This is the time that the Lord come to meet as a bride. This is the time that you take it away, take us away from this earthly realm to the realm that you always live in, Lord. Father, we thank you, Lord. Lord, be with us, Lord. And speak to us as we commit ourselves into your hands. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's turn to the scripture. Book of Ephesians. Thank you for the musicians. I'm so good to see Brother Tom and to standing behind the pulpit again. That is a, that is a soldier. And that is an example to us. And so, you know, a lot of time God has to put example amongst us so that uh, we can know that you can do the same thing. If the devil cannot uh, take one soldier down, he cannot take another soldier down. We're not just individual soldiers, but we're soldiers in God's army. 
as long as we follow the word of God, follow the instruction, and not one of us is going to be lost. So let's turn to the book of Ephesians, chapter uh, 2. And we read it the last time. Uh, I was speaking about uh, a power to ruin in the heavenly places. And I would like to continue uh, on this subject. But um, instead of, um, let's see, that part 2, I'd like to give another title, uh, Character that fit to rule in the heavenly places. So let's um, read from verse 1. And you has the quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins, were in time past he walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in time past in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of a wrath, even as others. But God, who is a rich in mercy, for his great love, wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sin, has quickened us together with Christ. By grace ye are saved. And has raised us up together. Look at, uh, remember, this is the past tense. It's not in the future. He has raised us up together. And made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Now let's turn to another scripture, book of Matthew. Book of Matthew chapter 18. Book of Matthew chapter 18, verse 18. Verily I say unto you, Whatsoever ye shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever ye shall loose on earth shall be loose in heaven. Again I say unto you that if the two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. May the Lord bless this word. You may be seated. Um, Brother Branham is uh, talking about to this age. He gave um, uh, one uh, characteristic. And he said um, this ability to see in the age is the age of uh, characterless. That means uh, there's uh, no character. That the people lost their identity. They try to go here. They try to go there. But they don't have the, um, the character that God intending the people to have. And uh, in the... Um, you know, Brother Branham, he was uh, speaking of one message uh, and speaking about uh, God of this uh, evil age. I know we have uh, read this many times. We have uh, believed them. Um, we have uh, heard uh, uh, the sermon many times. But you see, sometimes it seems to uh, we just miss something. It seems like we just go over it. Uh, we speak it too much. And uh, we're quoting the message too much. And it just go from our head. And it was almost like, uh, it just like something, uh, that is, uh, we always do. You know, something that's, we go to church, something that we read in the message. Uh, but I think it is a time for us to be more sincere about what we have heard. And that means we go into it, give our time to it, and let our, uh, life be, uh, match up to the gospel, to worthy for the gospel. You see, Brother Branham said, uh, Satan become a god of this age. 
you have to understand he is not the devil of this age. He's not a demon of this age. He's not an ugly demon of this age. He become a god of this age. God is a something that is to worship. God is a something not a force you to do, but something you willingly you want to worship. God is something that is a worth it to worship. And that a person can, uh, when they abs- when they get to the uh, revelation of this God, it become a dedicated to worship Him. That's on the positive side, on God's side. But you see, when Satan become a God of this age, he literally make people not fear Him, but they are willing to worship Him. He literally make people uh, feel this is something worse to chase about. This is something worth it to give my whole life to it. This is something that is worth it. I must do something for him. He used to be a demon. He used to be a tyrant. He used to be a something that put fear on people's, uh, uh, people's mind. If you don't bow, uh, you will be crushed. But for this age, he become a god of this evil age. When he become a god, people love him. People worship him. People can't live without Him. People do everything for Him. You understand what I'm saying? He literally become a God. And then the people, well, people they're thinking, they're worshiping God without thinking, this is demon. This is the one going to put them into hell. This is the one going to drag every one of His subjects to the lake of, lake, uh, lake of a fire. This is the one doesn't have a compassion to this people. This one doesn't have a mercy to this people. This one will do everything and to damage them. But he put up a, such a face and that he even come into the church, become an object that is the people to worship. He doesn't just come to the Baptist church. He doesn't come to the just a Methodist church. He come to the ba- message church too. And he come to the Bible way as well and put himself as a God of this evil age. Sometimes it seems like he's the God of this age. He's the only answer for you. He's the only answer for your depression. He's the only answer for the, you lost your job. He's the only answer for the, something happened to your life. Something happened that, to your family. He's the only answer to your marriage. His only answer that is of people in the world when they don't have answer. He projected himself as the God of this evil age. He said, I am your answer. You can chase me. You can seek me. You can dedicate your life to me. You can do your job. You can do it with your education. You can come to the church. Hello, Cloverdale Bible way. You can come to the church without being born again. Not to be a too fervent, not to be a fanatic. You can come to the church, sitting in there and listen to the service. And uh, once in a while, you can shout at an amen or or speak it out. You can uh, let the tear out of your eyes. Have the, in the play, the devil can play with you in that emotional realm without you be fully born again. Without you coming to the level that in that heavenly place, which God intends you to do, let your life be transformed. Let your nature be transformed. He was saying to you, no, that is too far. 
Let's get in more reality. Let us become a more realistic. You can come to the church, claim yourself, be a message of believer, year after year, without being having that experience, you can still go to heaven. Don't you know that a believer can be easy? Don't you know believing a message can be easy? That you can go to heaven without dedicating yourself, without giving yourself fully to it. You can worship this, you can worship that, you can worship an object that a devil can put it up with a pure faith. It seems like everything is okay. You can say you claim to believe in the message, you can still go to heaven. He literally invented a religion that in this age, that a people can one hand holding the message of this is our, on the other hand, they can have the God of this evil age. They can be deceived and in such a way, they're literally thinking they can go to heaven. They don't, nothing is going to bother them. That is the God of this evil age. But during all of this, God intending to have a people with a character. With a character that they can despise in front, in face of all the Satan's deceiveness. In, in the, all the, have every excuse to be lukewarm. Can have every excuse, can not to dedicate their life. You can even make their conscious. Their conscious doesn't even blame them, but something just burning in their heart. I want more of God. You know, when God do something, it's not just something, He condemn you, condemn you. You're not sure at all to be. You're not right. You're not uh, doing this is right. God always uh, put a hunger in you. It's not something that you're not right. It is something I'm desiring for. It's not something that you done it wrong. It's not something that, that you smoke, you drink. I done this wrong. I shouldn't do that. It's something, Lord, it's not all of that. It's not I sin against the Lord, but something desire in my heart. Lord, I just want more of you. That's what it's a God want. It's not that a drive message. It's not that a message just drove you, drive you, you just condemns you. It's a message that the God of this age that make you willing to worship. It's to make you dedicate your whole life. So this is worth it. This is all I'm living for. It's not him pushing me. It's not here. He was trying to condemn me. It's not here trying to push sin, put a condemnation on me. But something, the message, just pulling you. The word of God just pulling you. The character of Jesus Christ is pulling me. Lord, that's what I want. It's not just a whip, you're flogging all the time. Kids, you should be get better. Kids, you shouldn't do this. Kids, you shouldn't do that. But there's just something of the character of a Jesus Christ, which is a pulling something that's out of it. Out of you. It's not that a driving message that I try to flog a person. But it's a message that is a, arose the desire of that person. When God was looking for, what he sent the message for? He sent the, the prophet that to this hour, he got a purpose. And in the Samaritan church age, but Abraham said, unless we suffer with him, we cannot reign with him. You have to suffer to reign. To, the reason for this is that a character simply is never made without suffering. Character is a victory 
not a gift. A man without a character can't reign because the power apart from a character is a satanic. But power with character is fit to rule. So when, when God sent it to the prophet, let's take it a type over here. When Abraham sent his servant, Eliezer, to find the bride for Isaac, his, uh, this uh, prophet, this, uh, we'll say this messenger from Abraham, he was uh, looking for a character. He's not uh, just uh, looking for a beautiful on the outside. He's not just uh, looking for something, uh, uh, you know, maybe uh, just the regular woman have. The, the messenger come to find something that is unique. Not everyone will possess, but only the bride of Isaac, future bride of Isaac will possess. So when the Eliezer prayed, he prayed to someone to give him the water and someone that also water the camel. He's looking for some character that not the common people that will have. You know, when God sent it to the prophet, he was looking for a character, not just a common church member that will have. There was a higher calling that God gave it to us. And to going to responding to that uh, uh, higher calling, only the character of Jesus Christ, that in the person, that person can responding to it. So, Brother Bram said in end time evangelism, he said that God is looking for character, not membership, character. He said, Eliezer, when he went to get the bride of Isaac, he sweated it out until he find character. That's what it says God was looking for. He wanted somebody that with the character, with the character that can, uh, as the prophet said, that can feed the camel, can worship the Holy Spirit, can give their whole life to it, no matter how hard it seems like, and uh, I'll go out of their own, uh, own ability, but to do to satisfy what is the God's desire is. So when say, when Rebecca, then he, uh, coming, uh, she started coming over, and the, the angel of the Lord beat him at half an hour ahead of him, and started moving that in her heart. And when the Eliezer came in it over, and, uh, he prayed to the prayer, and then Rebecca, and uh, coming over, and, uh, uh, started to, uh, you know, she asked her a, a question, you know, can you, uh, give me the water, or, or, and then the, the, uh, the, uh, the lady said, uh, I'm not only give you the water, I'm giving the, the camels, uh, water, uh, as well. You know, God always is seeking that a person that's to do something that is actual, uh, action. It's not just, uh, uh, in or around, you know, in or the boundary, oh, this is what I do, and I'll just, uh, do this. No. God always let us go out of our own ability, but give ourselves to the dealing of the Holy Spirit so that we can move. You know, the church, if it is not uh, doing that extra, if they're just uh, whatever come or whatever, whatever goes, then that's a common character. That is not to the God who's requiring. God sent it a messenger to for somebody that they are seemingly, they're doing things that just uh, out of their own comfort zone. It said, we, we're not just uh, coming to the church just to believe the claimant out of we're the believer, but we want to do extra. I put extra time into it. I put my extra uh, energy into it. I put my extra devotion into it. That is the character that Jesus Christ was looking for. And when he finds the, 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 uh, the character, 
And uh, we saw that uh, the little uh, uh, little Rebecca, and that she was, uh, you, you have to think about to the water of the camel. That is not something that was a uh, Norman people can, a uh, normal people can thinking to do. A camel can uh, drink about a several gallon of water, and for a whole team of a camel, how many waters uh, this uh, young lady has to draw the water to, and um, to uh, uh, to water it? There is, there is a whole bunch of a thirsty camel there. There are, uh, there are camels that are riding the uh, hundreds of miles uh, on the desert. They were so uh, so hungry. You see, the Holy Spirit was so hungry for somebody that can worship Him, that in truth and in spirit. That Holy Spirit is one somebody that is can dedicate himself, that give it a whole self to God and have a no unreserved, no nothing was reserved not to give it to him. And then this uh, Rebecca made the decision that he will, she will go. Uh, she uh, actually takes the the servant back to her house and uh, uh, get, uh, get a camel to the, to eat and introduce. Uh, the servant uh, to this, uh, to her family and to that everything. But you see, she come to a point that her, uh, her, without, well, let me say this, her ministry is changing. It's not just a feeding the camel. It's not just a feeding the servant. In today's version, it's not just a believing that the prophet, she herself has to make a decision. It's come become a personal. And per- she can take it a, the, uh, the, the messenger to her home. She can even introduce the messenger to her family. She can introduce the message to her family. She done the witnesses. She done the evangelism. She done everything that she could do. She can worship. She can feed the, the camel. But it's a come to the final moment that this young girl must realize I have to make a decision by myself. This is not something just a family tie. This is not something I do this for my dad. This is not something I just do this for my mom. This is not something you do this for a pastor. This is to do something for your own self. She has to realize that she already passed the age to be just a girl. Though she was very young, but when a messenger coming to her, she has to understand this is the time that I need to get married. No matter if she feel I'm ready or not ready, but when a messenger bring the message from the homeland to this little young girl, it tells her, you possess the character that my master's son will want to have. And then she has to make that decision. No matter if she like it or don't like it, or no matter what other people say, no matter how many people will try to, uh, t- try to uh, stop her or slow her down, but she had a one vision, one track of a vision, and is never going to move her aside. She said, I'm going to meet to Isaac. And that is a God want every one of us to have. It's not just introduce the message. It's not just a, has a, has a, a prophet a message in that the home. But it's a time to make your own decision. That no matter what other people say, no matter what other people do, no matter how many people left or how many people stayed, that doesn't matter. This is my personal decision I have to make. This is about the personal relationship. And you have to think that this young girl hasn't seen Isaac. That's the first time that he, she ever heard the name about Isaac. And she, she was, um, it was only through the messenger. You see, the messenger, the messenger preached the same message to all her family. 
She doesn't pray the special message secretly. That a tune is a young girl say, hey, I got something sacred I want to tell you. No. He preached a public message to everyone. Whosoever will. Though he saw the character that in this young girl, but he cannot force her to do that. All he do, he only tell her about Isaac. All the messenger in this hour to do, all he was telling us about our Isaac, Jesus Christ. He doesn't give it a secret message to you. He doesn't just give it a special message to you. He give it a message to everyone. Everyone in this church has heard the message. But not everyone follows this message. Everyone has heard of the preaching in this hour. But not everyone live a life worthy for the gospel. Everyone hear the calling of Jesus Christ. But not everyone jump on the camel to meet Jesus Christ. But this message, we see, it was not a special made just for, just for everyone here. But to the person who hear it and listen to it and believe it, that is a special message. Because when it transferred it into her mind, started changing her. And she started to say, well, we'll see. She got a beautiful family. She got a wonderful life in there. It doesn't seem that she was going to have a higher life. She just tried to get out of the family. The family want her. They said, please live with us. That shows that they have the family relationship. That shows that they have a good family. They kind of, they, they treat each other good. They like each other. They wanted a girl to stay. Compared to today, a lot of parents that drive their kids out of their home. But for this one, they don't. They do have the good family. But you see, it's not to the family. It's not just somebody try to say, okay, I believe in the message, you believe with me. It's not just a mom and dad to believe in the message, then the kids are to follow. Or it's not a vice versa. It's not just the kids believe in the message, then mom and dad don't follow. That is a pitiful sign. But when she heard that the message, she realized her dispensation is a changed. She's not a young girl in the home, just a, you know, she's not even just a introduced to the message, introduced to the, the prophet is to believe in the prophet, believe in the messenger anymore. She come to a time, I must, I'm, I must make my own decision. Something that is appalling. She's looking into the unseen. She's looking into the realm that nobody else can reach it to. But by the messenger's message, she realized there's a somebody that's waiting for me. She was attracted by that. It's not because she tried to escape the home she wanted to go. It's not because that she does she got to the abused that in the home she just wanted to go. It's because that there's a more lovable one that she was attached to. That's what is the message giving us for. It's not because we want to escape from this world. It's not just we want to quit smoking, quit drinking. We got to tire it over the lust. We got to tire it over the living on this earth. But it's with somebody that was more lovely, that was calling me, that attracted me, that my soul was attached to it. Right. Amen. Amen. But Bremer said in an end time evangelism, he said he told her about Isaac. And she never questioned one thing. She believed the word of the messenger and she made ready to go. And they went to ask the father. He said, just ask her. The damsels of age, ask her, let her decision be. She said, I will go. To what? 
a man she had never seen. Know nothing about, but yet she was ready. Because she was a predestinated and foreordained to that. You see, the bride's readiness is not she saw. It's not we saw. It's not something that our eye saw. It's not something that our ear just heard. But the readiness of the bride is that she believed the messenger's word. That's all we need to do. And that's all we can do. To believe the messenger's word. It's not that let me see the picture of, uh, of the Isaac. It's not just a, let me see, oh, you know, let, let me see some miraculous that he performed. It's not just a lot of that, but believe the messenger's word. When a messenger preached and God vindicated, that's the interpretation of that word. And he interpreted the perfect image of Isaac right in front of Rebecca. And when she saw that, when she heard that, then her faith take a hold of that. Though unseen, but it doesn't matter to her anymore. Something deep calling to the deep that in her heart she responded to it. A man she had never seen, know nothing about, but yet she was ready. Because she was predestinated and foreordained to do that. We see that's the character of a bride's Christ. I mean, uh, uh, Christ is a bride to have. But how to get that character? I'll just bring this right in quickly. That character is a predestinated to you. It's not something that you gain. It's you already possess that character. If you don't possess that character, no matter how much training of that character, there will nothing to manifest. But when you possess that character, then the training come. Then the suffering come. It's to make that a character begin to manifest inside. In, not inside of you, but out of of you. Predestinated. Brother Brandon said that there's a mystery. He said he before Christ or anything else was ever on earth. You see his great mystery that he truce the bride. Knowing Eve would fall from from disbelieving the word, knowing that she would fall, but he would chose a bride that would not fall, that would hold to that word, regardless of what all the rest of the world had to say about it, they would hold to that word. They are predestinated to stand there. A character of a bride of a Jesus Christ, they always stay with the word. They will always hold to that word. They always stay true to that word. And they are predestinated to do that. It's not that you get her up yourself. It's not that you get her up yourself a force and said, I must do it and I must do it. You cannot do anything else. That is the possessed inside of you. You said, I must do it. It's not a, some I have to do it, but there's a, something just bubbling, pushing me to order, to pre, to follow the word of God. What an outside world can give it out to reasoning, give it out to the imagination. But for the bride, there's only one desire that is in her, that is to follow, to stay true to whatever the word of God has said. Amen. 
the anointed word of a God being vindicated before any man that's born to be a son of a God with a predestinated germ into him for this hour. He will see God's message as sure as there's a God in heaven. There's no way around it. There's not a 20%, 80%, 90%. That's a 100%. This is something God has already predestinated to do. And you cannot even defeat it, even you want it. That is that my sheep know my voice. You, as long as yourself, just keep yourself as a sheep. And you will hear his voice. He said, a stranger, they will not follow. Why? It was a put in there by predestination. You can fight it. You can sometimes, even in your mind, you can doubt it. But that seed is already predestinated in there. That character of staying true to God's word is already put it in there. You cannot even take that out. And devil sure cannot take that out either. You are predestinated to have that. He said, you were foreordained to be a son of God. He said, you were in God before the foundation of the world. You are only manifest in this day for his honor and glory. You think God is going to dishonor himself? You think God is going to disglorify himself? You might do a wrong thing. You might be a sheep that are, that are rolling in the mud. But God cannot dishonor himself. You are still sheep that will never make the nature out of you. You may not recognize who you are. But God said, I'm not going to dishonor myself. You might do things to dishonor. You might do things to disglorify. But God said, I'm not going to do that. The more you do that, the more cleaning power come. We're cleaning out. We'll show how powerful that I am. You might as well just give it up and come in. He said, you're only manifest in this day for his honor and glory. He said, you are part of that word by predestination. And if the word was God, then you were in God. The word, the part that you are to play was in God before the foundation of the world. He seen you. He knew you. He predestinated you to it. How beautiful that is, Brother Ricard. Think, uh, well, I better don't go that route. I remember Brother Ricard when I first met him. I was thinking, who is this a cool guy? Man, he's the coolest in the whole world. I remember that we played at a soccer at the end of the field at the, in the Clayton Park. He gets a white jean up. So say, oh man, he was a, he was a shining. He was a brazing through the whole field. And the sad part is all the girls are looking at him. But look at what is a God can do. Look at what is a God that it do for a young man. That shows a predestination. That shows that God will not dishonor himself. God will not disglorify himself. You are only the vessel that has shown the predestinated power of God. 
no matter who you are, no matter where you're at, no matter how low you are, or no matter how high you are, no matter what your emotional realm has been a deter- deteriorating that of you. But God said, this is not your determination, but I already put that character gene right in you. Time will manifest it. Environment will manifest it. Suffering will manifest it. Brother Bramah said, you can't have character until you got faith. And faith produces character. Faith come by hearing. Hearing the word of God. Then he said in the testimony upon the sea. We may be amongst sinners and the aliens of the world here and unbelievers, but we're sons and daughters of God, of the King God. That has to conduct our character. Be like sons and daughter of God. Act like sons and daughter of a God and not have to be drove around. And try to push to believe the word. Believe the word. God's sons believe his word. God's daughter, daughters believe his word. And therefore we must make our character to be sons and daughter of a God. And the Holy Spirit mold us into believers. Though we possess that, but in a character, though we have that uh, gene, see gene of a God in us. But in order for that a character was manifested, it has to go through the molding time. It has to be shaped. Though you possess a quality, you possess everything that God predestinated into you, but it's the time, but it take time, or the suffering, or different things, the trials, and the difficulty, and things that come out upon us, so that to make that character manifested. But Abraham said, you cannot, no way, ever produce a character like that. Only accepting that character in you. He said our church cannot do that. A creed cannot do that. A denomination cannot do that. And an education cannot do that. It must be a birth. It's got to be a dying out. And let God in by the grace of a Christ. Mold this type of a character in you. What you become that, that you become him. And your life and here is the same. Then you are sons and daughters of God. Character is not by education. It's not by you learn something, but by you accepting something. When you're accepting the word, which is the Christ, which is the character in you, and that will become a character that molded out inside of you. It's not you try to do certain things, but you accepting it. When you're accepting it, and that will start to mold your character. When you receive the word, you lay down your own character, your own personality, your own weakness or, or strong point or whatever that is. When you're receiving his character, that character in you start to mold you. Start to put you through trials. Start to let you overcome difficulties. Start to let you overcome sin. That a sin shall not be dominion over you anymore. It's by accepting. Instead of we're invited to shape our own character to His. 
by His grace. We're saved by His grace. And we're perfected by His grace. We're being molded into the character of a Christ-like by His grace. If we are ready to lay our character down, and the molding that we had, highly high-minded, lover of a pleasure, more than lover of a God, false accuser and incontinent, despised of those that are trying to do right, having a form of a godliness and deny the power of the word. How can God come into a place like that? When they deny the word. See? If we lay those things down, you know, no matter how good a person is, you're still a rotten uh, sinner. No matter how you think, you know, you know, I, uh, I'm the best of personality amongst all my family. I sure cannot claim that. But some may be. Some are just some, some person, they just, they just good to start with. And they just, um, uh, you just cannot put your finger on them. They just can live a nice life. They're just a personality as nice as they can be. But still, God doesn't intend you to have that. That is not a character. That is your own character. God said, lay down all your own character. You already, you said, I already good, but you're not good enough. You are, I'm just saying, I'm the best person probably among the family or even in the church as a personality wise. Everything's a good, but you're not good enough. You cannot rule in that heavenly realm until you have that character that fit to rule in that heavenly realm. That's why sometimes the good people go through a rough time. That's why some of the good believers, we thought, man, Lord, why you need a molding again? Then I think about a brother wrong. How many, Lord, how many times you got to mold him? How many times he had to go through this? He dropped from the, the roof, broke at every bone. I think he got the lightning strike him twice or, or three times. While he was along, mowing along, the lightning struck the lawnmower and blew the whole lawnmower up. But not him. And then I heard, uh, I think, uh, uh, so many things. Uh, then he got a burn. And all the things that now he got a cancer. I said, Lord, how a man, that a man of God can go through so many things. Then I think about over to Tom. Time after time after time. It's not because that a person was a bad that they have to go through the molding. Good person. It's not because you are bad that you go through the molding. It's because you're good. God said, you're good, but you're not good enough. Everyone, we have a space that God can mold us into the perfect image of God. Amen. It's not because we do certain things that are wrong. All those things that happened to me. But you're not good enough yet. I know people may misunderstand it. You mean they sin? They mean they do the down things wrong? No. There's a greater portion there. You choose a narrow path. The harder way. You done your own choosing. And then what? He said, uh, this, there is a greater, huge, large portion 
that it was a waiting that for you to get. Sorry for me to paraphrase that. He said that, that decision itself was the momentous decision. Uh, is uh, give you the moment. Uh, you hear that? There's a greater portion there for you to get. Amen. For the prophet, there's a greater portion than for him to get. There's a greater portion of heaven for him to get. There's a greater portion for the bride to get. It's not because you're sin. It's not because you've done wrong, Margaret. It's not that something that we do to the wrong, then the things is to fall on us. God said there's a greater portion for you. There's a huge portion of heaven still waiting for you. You're already there. You're already living in there. You possess the character. But then that character starts to rule. Then that character started casting out demons. Then that character become influential to other people. Then that character do damage to the kingdom of Satan. There's a greater portion there. That's why we choose to go through that. That's why we didn't give up. That's why we didn't give in. That's why we didn't compromise on one jot, on one letter of the God's word. You choose the harder way, the narrow path, but you walk on your own choosing. But that is my way, God said. Why? Because you possess his character. If you don't possess his character, you cannot choose his way. He wants you to choose, but he can't force you to choose that. But he will speak enough. He will share himself enough. He will manifest himself enough. And you will automatically in your heart. I will choose that way to go through Matthew. Because there's a greater portion that in heaven is waiting for him. There's a greater realm that in that realm that you can rule. You can have a dominion. That you can do damage to the Satan's kingdom. Think of what a greater portion that a prophet has gathered to us. He got the seven seals was open to us. The lamb opened that seal. The, 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 the bride tray was restored. The, the, the God of the evil age that was preached. He reached over to that Jordan that all the promise has laid in the promised land. And that a greater portion is over there and is waiting for him. And I said, how can I do that? You only be more sincere. Give yourself to that character that it starts molding you. Go through that. You cry with tear. You have a sick body. The things that you're going through, you become awake. But there is a possessor character that in the bride, nobody else will possess. You will stay with the word. Whatever the word said, let me go through. Let me go through because I'm going to come out right. That is said. When we let his character be in us, then we have become sons. By having the mind of a Christ, mind which is his character, your mind makes your character. Let the mind, Paul said, of Christ, this mind that was in Christ be in you. That light mind, let the mind of a Christ be in you. It molds the character of a son of God. What molds the son of character 
the character of a son of a God? The mind of Christ. Then he said, in identification, what was his mind to do? The mind that was in Christ, always to stay with Father's word. No matter what looked glossy, and what looked this way, it didn't make any difference to him. The Father's word is what counts. What is the mind of a Christ? Always to stay with the Father's word. That is the character. The character is the mind of a Christ. What is the mind of a Christ? Always stay with the Father's word. Whatever the word said do, Lord, I will do. Whatever the word of God has said who I am, I, I am. If the word of God has said I'm the bride, spotless, without a wrinkle, Lord, though I never, I haven't reached to that yet, but Lord, I believe I will. Amen. Nothing going to stop me to being that. I believe it because I stay, always stay with the word. That is the character of the bride of Jesus Christ. And the character comes from the word of a God and that alone in a message absolute. In the Laodicean church, Brother Bram said, we are going to take something with us. What that something is, is all we can take with us. Nothing less and nothing more. So we had better, we had better be real careful now to see that we take something that will make us right before God. So then when So then, what will we take with us? We will take our character. Brother, that is what we will take with us. Now, what kind of character will you take with you? Would it be like his, uh, would it be like his, whose character was molded by suffering in the fiery furnace of affliction? Or would it be the softness of his characterless, characterless, Laodicean people? It is up to each one of us, for in that day, every man will hear, will bear his own burden. Jesus' character is always to stay with the word. No matter what situation, no matter how, what hardship is, not my will, but Lord, your will to be done. That is the character of Jesus Christ. He always stay with the word. And because of that, then he will suffer. He suffered. And because of that, and we will suffer. But you have to be sure, whenever there's a suffering, whenever the things like that come, is whenever the trials and the difficulty that come to a believer, is always for that character to be molded and manifested. And you're thinking about it in the book of Daniel. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and the king of Nebuchadnezzar, asked them to bow, or they will be thrown into the fiery furnace. But then they said, he said, oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we're not careful to answer thee in this matter. He said, if it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace. And he will deliver us out of thy hand. He said, oh, king. But if not, he said, be no unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set it up. That is the most powerful, one of the most powerful scripture here. We believe God heal. We believe God will deliver. But then he said, if not, be it unto no, be it no unto thee, unto thee, we will not serve that God. 
That is the character of a believer. Lord, we know you're healed. But Lord, if you choose not heal, we were never going to complain. We were never going to bow down to the gods of this age. Lord, we know we go through the dark tunnel. This time after time, year after year, seems there's no end to it. Lord, we know you will deliver. But Lord, even you don't deliver, we will not serve the God of this evil age. Lord, I know you will save my children. Though I didn't say that a month and I didn't say that a year, it seems that my hair is getting wider and wider. I'm getting older and older. But Lord, if not, I'm still going to believe in you. God will honor faith like that. I will give you the end of the quote of that. Then Brother said that an end time evangelism. He said an end time evangelist, the end time message is to get a bride ready and prepare for the rapture. That is our whole goal. What is it made of the character for? For the rapture. It's for the goal of the way. It's not just have a personality so your wife loves you better or your husband loves you better or your dad and the mommy love you better. It's for the rapture. All the character molding and everything is not for the things that just on this world. It's not only just for the things on this world, but it's for the rapture. It's for the going away, for the body change. That's what it's the molding of our character for. He said it looks like it's about a broke. Looks like we're defeated. Don't you worry. You know, it's usually at that time when God steps in on the sin of something he's been watching for a long time. Sometimes the believer that goes through seems like a defeating time. But it never. To the believer, there's no defeat. It's not by the emotion. It's not by the surface that we saw. It's not by something that we look at and say, oh, is this wrong or is this defeated? No. It's at that time when a weak time comes. That's what God, God was to come on the scene. He said that there was some children down in the fiery furnace. They were holding true to that word. Everything went wrong. They throw them in jail. And it looked like the end was near. They was walking right up to the furnace. But he come down. But he come riding down to change. The sand was all changed just in a moment. God, when he come, he will come at his own time. It seems our rescue this hasn't come yet. But always remember, God always come on time. On time means that sometimes it means as to the last moment. It seems like the, we're in a defeat. It seems like we're in the weak point. But you just stay true to God's word. Just stay put to God's word. What is the word God has said? He will come right on time on the scene. Amen. That's what he did to the Hebrew children. When they show projected their love to God. When they said, if not so, and we're still not going to bow to the gods of this evil age. And then God come on the scene. There was a fourth man in the fire. Man, my time goes fast. If we possess that character, then no matter what Satan has tried to put before you, he can never overcome you. And last time I was speaking about the vision that the prophet is binding the mamba. And then the, the prophet said, when a mamba snake 
was coming toward him. He said there was a something that would hold him off. And a something that wouldn't let him to do it. There is a keeping power of God's word. Amen. A testimony is not only, it's not that you just go out or you are commit a sin or do things as are wrong and Lord deal with you that are coming back. But it's also the keeping power of the, of the Lord. I don't try to put Sister Ruth on the spot. But you know, Sister Ruth said one of the testimony that you share. Uh, that's the only, that's the first time I ever heard is when I, when, in Germany. When Sister Ruth was sharing the, her testimony. One thing was really, really struck me. And I want all the young people who born in a message. And I want you to listen carefully. Sister Ruth is telling the testimony of her when she was young. And to the one phrase she said, I can have everything. Yet, I want nothing. To me, that is the character. It's not that, I, you know, I can have everything. I go do this, I go do that. I, I said, oh Lord, forgive me. And you know, I repent, I'm coming back. He said, I can have everything. But yet, I don't want anything. That's supposed to be the character of the Jesus Christ. That's supposed to be the character of the bride of Jesus Christ. You could go out. You could have a better pay. You could get a do the go out to the do the things that is belongs to you. You could have a right. But Jesus' character, his character is I sanctify myself for their sake. I have a right to do certain things, but I lay that down. I have a right to avenge, but I lay that down. I have a right to have a better pay. But because that's going to affect my going to the church, I'm going to lay that down. You understand me? For the believer, you could have a lot of things. There's a lot of a blessing followed with the message. There's a many things that it's supposed that can be your right that you could do. And it's not a sin to do it. But for his sake, but for God's word's sake, I lay that down. What is the purpose? For the greater portion. All that is, if there's anything going to interfere my walk with the Lord, I put that down. Is that something hard that I have to force myself to do? But yet I can have everything. But for Him, I forsake everything. And when a person was holding that character that is in them, you will find out that something was holding him off, holding the Satan off. That holding power was living in you. It's not just that on the outside you try to get, but that followed with that character that God built in an you. But you have to be more sincere in order for that to be living in you. But Abraham said that it was something when he tried from a different angle. And he said that the serpent tried to bite him. He said there was a something hold him off that he couldn't do it. And then in another message, Brother Bramus said in the Revelation chapter 5, I think it used to be called a bruised serpent. There was a whole group of people. They formed it up and they tried to worship a Brother Bramus. They're thinking he's a Christ. He's anointed a Christ. He's a God. They even baptized him in his name and they worship him and different things. Brother Bramus said that I just can't take it anymore. He said, if that's just Satan do it, I'll just take it as a mock 
as a joke. But it's somebody that's loved. You know, Satan will try to do every angle, try to tear you down. He know he cannot use the sickness to tear him down. He know he cannot use the reputation, the fame to tear him down. He know he cannot use the money to tear him down. But he can use someone that he loved dearly to tear him down, to take him out of the mission field. He said, when those people that he loved try to worship, try to do those things to him, he said, they just tear him to pieces. He cannot even go to hunting. He cannot go to all the things that he didn't want to do. He pulled out of the, he pulled out of the mission field because those are people, they try to worship him. That's what is the Satan's trick to do. But watch this. But then Brother Brennan, then he, he was going out to them to turn them around. Then God gave him a vision. He said, a few nights ago, he said, to make it sure, I had a visitation from the Lord. He said, I seen a precious one, a baby in, baby in a, a serpent, which was a yellow and black. And let me, and telling me right along. And the thing, he said, talk about that, a serpent struck me on the leg. But the blood was so rich, it didn't take effect on me. I was thinking about how marvelous that is. Is that something just holding him off? But there's a something that's living in that person. There was a blood was so rich that when a serpent bite, it wouldn't take effect. It doesn't mean a serpent won't bite you. It doesn't mean a serpent won't try a different angle to bite you. It doesn't mean it was a, the, the, the devil was not attempting you. But praise be to God, there is not just a holding power on the outside, but there is a blood that was so rich that when a serpent bite, it wouldn't take effect on it. Oh, brothers, you have that rich blood living in you. There's no richer blood than the blood of Jesus Christ. But what you do, Brother Branham, is how to make a rich blood. He said that the right diet will give you a rich blood. When you have the right diet, that will give you the right, right rich blood. That blood, you can't stop Satan trying to bite you. He got a buffet to come. He got a punch to come. You can't stop Satan trying to tempting you. But his bite will not take effect if you give yourself to that rich diet. Then the blood was so rich when he bites you, he won't, so he probably only leave a two mark on it, but that will become a mark of a glory. That will become a scar of a glory. Say, Lord, that scarred along my body. That scar is on my mind, but it didn't take effect. It's only a mark of glory because there's a rich blood living in me. There's a God keeping our family. There's a God keeping your children. Why? Because you have a rich blood. You have a right diet. You create a different atmosphere than in your home. That when a Satan tries to bite, it won't take effect. Even if it takes their children out of the way. Even if it caused damage to some relationship. But you can be sure if you keep your right diet in the rich diet of Jesus Christ. The message of this hour that will create a rich blood in you. That will create a heavenly atmosphere that in your home, sooner or later, they're going to subject to that atmosphere. Amen. 
For Abraham said, I'm a heir of all things. He said, Amen, it's given to me. I'm an heir. I can claim everything that God had promised me. He said, Amen, there you are, it's mine. How do you get it? Something you done? No, sir. It's an unmerited gift that God gave us, and it's ours, it belongs to us. To rule from the heavenly place, that is your right. That belongs to you. He said, it's a my. He said, Satan cannot hold it if you go to him in a scriptural authority's word, authoritative word with faith. To say, it's my, lay it down. He said, amen, glory, I like that. Satan, you laid it down. You took it from me, you give it back. Because I'm serving notice on you. If God will notice written right here on the word, heavens and earth will pass away, but this notice shall not. You've been given the power to bind and unbind. Whatever you bind on earth, you will be bind in heaven. When two or three that are praying together, it said that they, whenever you bind on earth, God will bind in heaven. Why? Because you've been given the power to do that. When we're talking about the binding, we're talking about the binding, the serpent. Binding doesn't mean a totally annihilation. You bind that serpent, as the brother Branham, bind that mamba. It doesn't mean that was totally annihilated. There were certain things that are in your life, the certain influence of the Satan, to try to put it on you. When you, you said, I bind it in the name of Jesus Christ. It doesn't mean that was to be totally annihilated. It doesn't mean those habits or things, or the, that angle, that Satan to try to bite you will be vanquished. I think I said it wrong. Vanished? Any? It's van something. It doesn't mean Okay, I'm safe. I'm done. I'm just on my way to heaven. You know, everything will be flowery and easy. No. To bind him simply means you bind him so that he cannot move freely. He'll be still there, but it wouldn't take effect. He'll still there to tempting you, but he cannot move as freely as he wants. Because now you're taking control. You have a dominion over him. He's still there. But he cannot do what he wants to do. So that's called the binding. Why he cannot do what he do? In the book of Revelation, if you remember. I don't have time to quote it. If you remember, book of Revelation chapter 20. And um, it said um, that an angel... Come down from heaven. Then he will have a, he will have a, and he had a key to, a having a key over the bottom of the pit and a great chain in his hand. And he lay hold on a dragon, an old serpent, which is the devil, the Satan, and abound him a thousand years. Is that right? The Satan will be bound a thousand years. A, a time. But he said, at the end of that a thousand year, 
Satan will be released. And then he will come up and to deceive millions of thousands of the people again. Then the fire of God coming down totally annihilated, uh, destroyed him. Throwing him into the lake of the fire. Brother Bradman said that in a question and answer, he said a chin, the angel got a chin that in his hand, but a chin, he said it is not a lock chin. Try to, you know, really a lock chin just bind him up. No, he said that a chin is of circumstances. He said it's the chin of a circumstances. All of his subjects was in hell. All that was resurrected on earth was redeemed and Jesus with them. He couldn't work on nothing. So the chain is not just a log chain, but the chain is a chain of circumstances. How do you bind Satan? The chain of circumstances will bind him. Because he got nobody to work with. He's still there, but he got nobody to work with. Oh, praise the Lord. That's what happens right now. We're still living on this earth, but when you're born again, you possess that character of Jesus Christ living in you. No Satan is out there, but he was abide by the circumstances. He got nobody to work with. He has nothing in you that he can work with. You don't have nothing that he can put as a force in there. Said, I'm working on your jealousy. I'm working on your grudge. I'm working on this. I'm working on lust. There's nothing that he can work with. Why? Because you have another life that's living in you. It's the binding of the circumstances. Though the outside circumstances still the same. Though Satan still on the outside try to work on the society. Work on the COVID, the different things. But because you possess another life that's living in you, he can do nothing in you because you don't give any circumstances that he can work with. He was totally bound. And the brother Ram said, that was the resurrection on earth. It was a redeemed and Jesus was a wisdom. Because they are redeemed. Because of Jesus' wisdom. Satan cannot work on those who redeemed the people. In that a thousand years, there is a millennium there. There is a peace in there. Because Satan got nobody to work with. If you are redeemed, and we know that Jesus is with us, then there's no circumstances that Satan can work in your life. If we're redeemed by the word of God in this hour, and Jesus is living in us, that means Satan lost his circumstances that he can work with. And in that a thousand years, if Satan cannot work in those redeemed people who Jesus Christ is with, the thousand years they couldn't work without them. How much more God would do the same thing that in your life and during your 50, 60, 70, 80 years that he still cannot work on you. Because there's no circumstances that he can work with. Because you are redeemed and Jesus is with you.
In a crisis, a mystery of God to reveal. But Abraham said, how do you know? Because you're a church member. Because the Christ is living through you. So pregnant with his spirit that you are a prisoner to anything else. You are confined. That means that the outside cannot get in. And you become a prisoner. And you cannot go out either. He said, Oh my, to the gospel. Confined to the word. And all the children that you can bring forth is that. Because you are a prisoner. You can't commit adultery. You are already pregnant. If I can say there is no circumstances that Satan can work with. He said he can't take a hold. The womb of life is close to anything else. You're already his. By predestination, that seed has come to life and no world can get in. He said as soon as the life-giving flow, that seed lay in there, other seeds that just wouldn't, that other seed that just would have come in, wouldn't take a hold. There's no circumstances they can go in. He said just couldn't do it. But when that seed come in, quickly it stop up the womb. All the rest of the seed was drove out like that. You're confined. You become a prisoner. You're pregnant. All the other seed try to come in. Though they try, but they wouldn't take a hold. Satan has nothing to work with. Because there's nothing in you for him to work with. You've been born again. Satan can work on your mind. But we have to understand we're not operating in the spirit realm. We're not operating in our mind realm. We don't use our imagination, reasoning, and a conscience, a conscience and all those things. We're ruling from the heavenly place. What is the heavenly place? Your position in Jesus Christ. Recognize that who you are and what God made you for. We operate in the heavenly places. With our soul fixed up with Jesus. Not in this mental realm. Because you have been born again. What does a born again mean? Born from above. That is what is a born again. You are born to rule. You are born to have a dominion. You are born to rule in that heavenly places. And we know we are sons and daughters of God. And Brother Bram has said... When we're, you know, when you're in the heavenly realm, whenever the people that belong to the heavenly place, they created a different atmosphere. How many people love to have fellowship with Brother Ed? Wow. <laughs> I love, to be honest, I'm longing to have some fellowship with him. Because every time I have a fellowship, Oh, it was always spiritual. It's always an experience that you will never forget. It's almost like a word of a gold coming from his mouth. Why? It's coming from the character. It's not just coming from a just year or two years or a few months. Of, it's coming from the character. It's a build up. Have went through have things that's going through all these years. I love to fellowship with Brother Tom. It created a different atmosphere. If I'm sad, I don't want to find a sad person to fellowship with. I'm going to call up Brother Tom to fellowship with. I love to fellowship with Brother Tim. 
Because he has a teacher gift. Every time I fellowship with him, he brings the word to a new level I never saw before. I like the sunshine boy, Brother John, Sister Sharon. Every time if you feel down, whenever Brother John comes over, the whole office will light up. <laughs> because they created an atmosphere. The atmosphere is not to the environment. It's the person in that environment that created such an atmosphere. I'm going to go in there for a little bit before we, we, we finish. But Abraham said in an adoption, he said, it's just not out anywhere, but in heavenly places. We are assembled in heavenly. It means that a position of the believer. When a person realizes what gift that they have, they generate an aura that's around them. They created an atmosphere that is around them. When a person who is a Christian, really born again Christian, know their position in God, in Christ, they will generate an atmosphere around them. That is the heavenly atmosphere. He said it means the position of the believer. If I'm prayed up, you are prayed up. Or the church is prayed up. And we are ready for the message. And then we've assembled ourselves together as a sense. Called out, baptized with the Holy Ghost, filled with God's blessing, called, elected, set together in heavenly places. Now, we are heavenliness. We are heavenliness in our soul. Not here. In our soul. Your mind may be still battling, but in our soul, that is the heavenly place that you're in. Our spirit, our spirits have brought us into a heavenly atmosphere. What is inside of you bring you into a heavenly atmosphere. Though your mind still battle, though the environment haven't changed, but you were brought up into a heavenly atmosphere in your soul. He said, oh brother, there you are, a heavenly atmosphere. Oh, what could happen tonight? What would happen tonight if we could be sitting here in the heavenly atmosphere? And the Holy Spirit moving over every heart that's been regenerated and become a new creature in Christ Jesus. All sins under the blood. A per- imperfect worship. Don't you longing for that uh, heavenly atmosphere? You prayed out, I prayed up. We're ready for the message. God will bring us into that heavenly atmosphere. Instead of with our hands up to God, our hearts lifted, setting in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, worshiping together in the heavenly places. That's my heart was longing for. That's every believer's heart was longing for. You know, as your parents, I know some of the, they're burdening for their children. Some is a burdening for their loved ones. But Abraham said, in thy house, he said, uh, did you notice, you and I today, most of the ministers so forth, we're always trying to telling a fellow what not to do. We say now, quit your smoking, quit your lying, quit your stealing, quit your this and that. That wasn't what a man asked. He didn't say, what do I have to quit doing to be saved? He said, what must I do to be saved? Brother Bram said, we try to tell them what they must not do. 
and say, well, I must do this or that or that. Don't say. That isn't a question. What must I do? Not what must I stop doing. But you just do what you're supposed to do. And all the rest of it will take care of itself. Amen. What you're supposed to do? Give your heart to the Lord. Amen. Yield yourself to God. Lord, help me. Lord, do something about me. I cannot help myself. You do what you're supposed to do. And all the rest of it will take care of itself. You're lying and stealing or drinking, gambling and doing the things that's evil. It will stop when you do what Paul answered his question. What must I do to be saved? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thy and thy house shall be saved. If he had enough faith to be saved himself, his same amount of faith that he had for himself will work for his children. I got my children. There's my little ones. Joseph, Billy, Sarah, Rebecca. Well, I want to see each one of them a worker in the gospel. Doing something. I want to see them saved and filled with the Holy Ghost. I've committed them to God and say, I'm holding on to God for them. Sometimes it's not even them holding on. It's how we're holding on them. He said, I believe they were going to be saved. Every one of them. I believe they were going to be saved. And I will have them on the other side. I don't believe my salvation will save them. No. But my faith in God will do it. That is our faith in God will do it. You see, my faith believing God will do it. It will cause them to come to Christ. Faith is a driven power. Is that I believe there is a word you people praying for your children. And that's the reason your children has the manners. And the real lady and gentleman in this wild age that we're living in. Yet they have the part about them that's the best I know of any kids. Well, I think the reason of that is because it's your prayers for them. And you commit them to God and holding on. Sometimes the person doesn't recognize who they are. I'm thinking about that little eagle. You know, he's always an eagle. Though he's in a barnyard, calling together with the chicken, trying to find some bugs and things, he's still an eagle. That doesn't take off. His egoship. David has committed sin. David has done wrong. And he committed horrible sins. But it never took away his kingship. Even his own son rebelled against him. Take him off of that. But God put him back. Your mistake cannot take off your sonship. Amen. Your wrongdoing will never take your Sonship. You might fall. You might stumble. You might wake. But that will never take your sonship off of you. When you're a son, you're forever a son. When God put that character into you, no matter how smart it seems like, but that character is always going to come out, be molded and shaped and in Christ's image. That little ego... He might try it a lot of times. He might try to lift his hand up. 
And he might try to come to the altar, pounding at it and give it a heart to the Lord. But give it a time, he'd go back to it as a barnyard again. And it seems like it would become more shameful. All what he did, it seems like it would become more shame. And he pulled back to it himself. And he never gave himself a hope. He never gave himself any com- commitment. Because he felt, you know, this is, not just, this is just not for me. This is not just for me. Then he pulled back and become isolated. Though he doesn't like the, the food that he eats. Though he go to the world, he doesn't like the world. But once in a while, he turned his eye to the blue sky. And he hears himself, no, you don't belong to that. The freedom doesn't belong to you. The deliverance doesn't belong to you. And they even can find some example. You saw that crow? He's a hypocrite. He fly. He go to church. But he's a hypocrite. He doesn't live a life that's supposed to be. They try to discourage that little eagle. And that little eagle dot his bowed his head again. You're earthly. You're not belong to heaven. You can always live on earth. Do you know the sky never change? The sky is still sky. The sky is still blue. It's not that the sky changed, but it's somebody, someone flying in the sky changed that little eagle. It's one day when that mother eagle started crying, started screaming, that in the air, in that sky, that arose that little eagle. He said, I belong to that. There was a something resembled to that little eagle. Make the first wave shave. Wave shave that in that air began to fly. Then that little eagle said, that belongs to me. That's my mama. My mama conquers the sky. My mama lived a life in that sky. The sky is not a sky anymore. The sky is not a mysterious anymore. The sky is not dangerous anymore. But the sky is, can be lived. The sky can be soared. The sky can be fine. The sky belongs to you. Rapture belongs to you. Freedom belongs to you. A true Christian life belongs to you. You can live the life. Somebody already lived there. Brother Ann lived there. Brother Tom lived there. Brother Tim lived there. And humbly, Brother Murphy lived there. You can live there too. The prophets are living there. Jesus Christ lived there. All the saints of the old, they lived there. That belongs to them. Sky, still the sky. Used to be dangerous. Used to be too far. A true experience with the Lord is too far. But all of a sudden, the mother eagle start to fly. That give an example. That give a heart. That give a courage 
to that little eagle that you can make your life simpler. You know, yesterday when I was preparing it, I was crying when I was thinking about that little eagle. I said, Lord, that is me. I used to be in the denomination just thinking about, oh, all Christian life, I just go to church, pick up a Bible, get some spiritual book, and start reading it and try to live a good life until I saw the prophet's message. It's not some, it's not just some word, but it's the one can lift the word. If the one can fly, can soaring in the sky, can take a hold of the promise of a God and make it come to pass, can bring the heavenly atmosphere down, down the earth. And that word created an atmosphere around me. And I said, Lord, I want that. And I take that inside of me. And I start to believe it. And then the word starts to live it out. And my wife starts to come in. And then my children. Then I go to China. Then I saw the believers. I put my heart out. I give the, what is the living world become real to me. And I saw one after another. And then we translated a message. Because something was pushing. Then we translated the Bible. What has the Lord has done? There's a some eagle flying in the sky that I know that's for me. The healing is for me. The deliverance is for me. To live a victorious life, that's for me. It's not for somebody else, but that's for me. I made a little poem. I hope it's not sound too Chinese. There's always a sky but no eagle to fly. There are always the clouds passing by. But it's that eagle cannot fly. It's that no one can overcome sin. Because no one have ever tried. Till one day, I heard a prophet scream. It woke me up from my heavenly dream. I spread my wind to the heavenly place. I responding to the message of God's grace. Shall we stand? Brahma said in the visible union is that I tell you just as an eagle recognizes that voice so does a real born again Christian recognize the voice of a God speaking through the word when they see an anointed and a vindicated look he looked up there. He didn't see 
this old hand cluck cluck around here. So John has to go here, go over here, and go this, and go to this and that. He saw a being like he wanted it to be. Sailing in the air, screaming, free, up in the highs, above all the vultures and things of the earth. Hallelujah. He wanted it to be that because it was in him to be that. You were the little eagle. There was something in you. You want to be that? Sky is meant for eagle to fly. This message is not just meant to read. Not just meant to listen. The church is not just meant of the tradition that we're coming over to put up some time. The sky is for eagle to fly. It's for you to experience the freedom. The world cannot offer you nothing. The world cannot offer you satisfaction. The world cannot offer you peace because it doesn't possess peace. But peace belongs to the heavenly places. God has created a heavenly atmosphere for all of us. No matter if it's in the here or it's in watching the screen on the internet or whoever in the future Gonna hear this archive. God created the sky. It's for eagle to fly. And you are the one. Shall we bow our head? Is there anyone that haven't lived up to that heavenly realm? Is there anyone? That you feel that in your heart is something that's tugging you. Lord, I want to live a, a victorious Christian life. Lord, I want to live a life that's a worthy, worthy for the gospel. I don't want to be a coward. I don't want to be a friend of friends. Try to go here and to go there. Lord, there's some besetting sin that's in me. Lord, I feel there's something that you want to give it to me. But it seems like it's too far. It seems like I can never, never achieve. Do you know that when God sent this message, that He intends you to receive it and leave it? Do you know when God brings the trials, the difficulties, sometimes darkness before you? He intended for that to mold your character. You come out victoriously. Because the sky, it means for eagle to fly. Sometimes the sky gets dark. Sometimes the sky might have a storm. But still, God said, I made that. I allow that. You have a whims. Just spread your whims. Just let your face rise up. No matter how big the storm is. But you mean to fly. 
Oh, Heavenly Father. All things is for us, Lord. All of this is before all the eagles can soar, can fly, can sailing that in the sky that you have created. Because that's what it meant to be, Lord. Lord, and maybe some they raise up their hand, and maybe some they raise up their hand for the purpose. Maybe they're not to live to the privilege that I thought you give it to them. Maybe some they live, they're supposed to live heavenly, but Lord, it seems like they can only live on the earth. Some maybe maybe buggled by the sins for years after years. The habits, the things that are around them, has so be, they're so entangled by it. Oh God, let them understand. Lord, they're now in the heavenly atmosphere. It just take the scream of the prophet's voice. Just take the scream of the eagle, the mama eagle, that will wake up the character that's already in that eagle. Lord, I commit all of them into your hand. Lord, would you do something to our dear brothers and sisters? If the Lord has a dealing with you, would you like to raise up your hand? Not to me, as I'm closing my eyes. You raise up to him. It's not as long as I see it or somebody else will see it, but as long as God sees it. You're on the internet. It's not that your mom said or your daddy said. It's not your friend said, but it's a God said. You hear the cry of the mama and eagle. You hear the message of this hour. You know God gave you the privilege. You know that God gave you the wind to fly. It's not just a flopping around. It's not just a in the flopping over here and flopping over there and try to find some books to help you out. And try to find some friends to give you some advice. It's not that. But God created a heaven for you to be in there. Would you like to raise up your hand to the hand? Oh, dear Father. We believe you, Lord. As this is a quiet moment. Lord, maybe it is not as emotional. Maybe it is not as loud as it would be. But Lord... This is the time to mean business with you. If we can be more sincere, Lord, you've been given us the power to bind and unbind. But Lord, that's all we need to do. Need to be more sincere. That's what we do, Lord. Forgive us our insincerity, Lord. Forgive us the dilatory. Forgive our lack. Lord, forgive us the things that is so easily beset at us. Lord, I just pray you let us spread our winds of faith to believe what your word has said and to go to the dispensation that you give it to us. I thank you, Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Let's sing this song on the winds of faith. With
God is still moving. No matter how the tri- devil is to try to lock down, it was all kinds of things. I think as the brother Tom was saying, it just united the body more together. It just make it a bride of Jesus Christ become a more dedicated than ever. As they prepared for the baptism, let's uh, sing this uh, last verse. Um, you watch the eagle in the sky. Let's sing it together. chicken no matter your ego is or your adult's ego that's your nature you know person cannot uh, beat the nature and when you when the Lord give you a certain nature no matter how you try you wouldn't do it God gave you a nature that he called you the ego to fly to experience the freedom 
to experience the deliverance. Everything God intended to put in His as a promise. And that's all for you. Because in that heavenly place, as the Bible said, it contains all, all the blessings that are in that heavenly place. As they are preparing, I don't know if they're, oh, they're here. So that's, you may be seated. Amen. God bless you. While we're standing in the chilly Jordan, and I think I, I just was thinking, Brother Murphy, the service, what a, what a service to have, because here we're having really the manifestation of the word spoken this morning. We have a, a Rebecca that said, I will go. Amen. We have an eagle that heard the scream. Amen. And I was just so so encouraged by the word this morning. Ricard, you're right there. I can remember those white pants and uh, this when you came in this, you know, many years ago. And little did we know how many, just a handful of years down the road, I, the scripture is so true and sure. Isaiah says, to your seed and to your seed seed. Amen. Amen. And to your children. And that's... That's what we believe, and here is our children, and our children's children. I'm just thinking of even Uncle Mike, if the Lord would just open the windows a little bit to see. Amen. It's fine. Amen. I was just thinking, Austin, he was, uh, you sure you don't want to say how the Lord spoke to you a little bit? Yeah. Yeah? Go ahead and just tell tell how the Lord spoke to your heart. On Wednesday night, um, my Uncle Mike just really spoke, and it just really touched me, and... I just want to say glory to God. Amen. Amen. He said it. I want to be captured, is what he said. I want my heart to be captured. In the Lord's snare. In the Lord's snare. (laughs) Held there forever, never to be let go. Amen. Amen. Satan's snare is broken, but the Lord can snare you forever. Amen. Amen. By his love. I was just thinking, Austin, just a thought for me, just for you, that I was thinking for your baptism and just preparing for it. And I just was thinking about Daniel. And Daniel 1, 6 says, now among these were the children of Judah. And among these are the children of the Lord. It says Daniel. And I want you to put your name there. Among these of the children of Judah was Austin. Amen. And if you skip to verse 8, it's, and they were brought into the into Babylon, it says, but Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine which they drank. And I just thought the song that ran through my head, which you would probably know very well, yeah. Dare to be a Daniel. Do you know that song? I'm uh, not sure. Yeah, sure. Well, it was written by a man named Philip Bliss who wrote the tune to It Is Well. Mm-hmm. And he said, dare to be a Daniel. Dare to stand alone. Amen. Dare to hold a purpose firm and dare to make it known. Amen. And I just said, Lord, will he raise you up so that you can be like a Daniel? Who purposed in your heart to say, the Lord has captured my heart and never will I defile myself with the world. I will be a David who stood alone amongst all of Israel Amen. against a Goliath. I will be a Hebrew boy as we heard this morning to stand no matter what all those are bowing to the image. But as a Hebrew boy, you stand alone and say, Lord, my heart is solely for you today. Amen. Amen. What a joy. What a joy this morning. Amen. Let's just have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, as I stand in the waters, Lord, today, what a precious moment. Lord, that a heart can be pricked. Lord, by your word sitting in a pew, Lord, and we, it's been preached many times, Lord, but it's true, it's sure, 
And Lord, it's being manifested here this morning. Lord, a heart is saying, Lord, I, I will go. Lord, that eagle scream I heard, Lord, and he's looked it up to the sky, seeing his mama eagle, Lord. He said, I want to be captured by her love, Lord. He's, Lord, he stood here. Lord, we talked, Lord. And as Brother Murphy even said this morning, what shall we do? No, not what you don't do. It's what shall I do? It's would you repent? Lord, and he's repented. Lord, he's given his heart to you, Lord. And your scripture says then to be baptized. And he desired, Lord, I must be baptized. So, Lord, we stand in these waters, Lord, today. Lord, but the next part of your scripture, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Lord, that's what we're desiring. Lord, as we would be buried in this water, Lord, Austin would be buried. Lord, he'll rise up, Lord, as you rose from the dead. Would your spirit, Lord, fill him, O oh God. Lord, that he'll be a changed man. Lord, a little leader in his, his, around his friends and his family, Lord, he'll stand firm as a Daniel. Purpose, Lord, for your word. Lord, I even mentioned to him when we spoke. Lord, at nine years old, Lord, I also was nine. And Lord, the word is true. And we stand here now with him. Lord, that he would also stand through the years, through whatever, Lord, you have for him. Anchor that you met him and you've now captured him in by your word, we pray. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. Austin, amen. By your confession, Jesus Christ is your personal Savior. Amen. amen. I'm baptizing you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Thank you very much. Let's stand. What a marvelous ending of this. Is this the first baptism? <laughs> <laughs> During this whole pandemic lockdown, we say to Satan, Satan, you are defeated. Uh, praise the Lord. Well, I think that we can sing another song that before we uh, uh, go to dismiss. Um, uh, what is that song? Hold on God's unchanging hand. Shall we sing that together? Let's hold God's unchanging hand. Oh, hold to God's unchanging hand.
was unchanging hand. All the other hands can change, but only His can, won't change. And may the Lord bless all of you. Be a eagle, create an atmosphere. You know, if the sky has no eagle, there is no sky. It's the eagle created a heavenly atmosphere. You create an atmosphere in your home, in your work. You fly it as an eagle to believe. And there is some other little eagle was drawn to be encouraged by it. And they was all that they can fly to. May the Lord bless you all. Uh, do a eye shake. <laughs> and do until we meet again. May the Lord bless every one of you. We're dismissed. God bless you.